The Chicago Bulls got a much-needed win against the Detroit Pistons, a team that they should have beat, but not something that the Bulls have done very well over the course of the season is beating the teams that they should beat. They get that win. We're going to talk about what that means as the Bulls head forth into the back half of the season, hoping to get a better run. And the Bulls surprisingly own a top 10 offense and defense since that bad loss in Minnesota that really woke up a lot of players on this team. We're going to talk about all that, plus the trade deadline and what AK could look to do there right after this. You are now tuned in to Chicago Bulls Central, your number one spot for all things Chicago Bulls, hosted by Hayes. All right, Bulls fans. So the Bulls get a much-needed win against the Detroit Pistons. This was a win. It was just a fun game to watch. Not only the atmosphere, you know, them being overseas, watching it in the middle middle of the day, things like that. Like, it was just a different feel for the game. And the Bulls came out and really set the tone early like they should have against an inferior opponent, winning every single quarter in this game. And even when the Detroit Pistons did go on a run to get the lead down to single digits, the Bulls responded very well in this game. In this game, led by Zach Levine scoring-wise, who chips in 30 points, Five rebounds, four assists, one steal from Zach Levine. DeMar DeRozan having a big night as well in his first game back in his return. 26 points. He shoots 50% overall from the field. Nine rebounds, five assists, two steals, and one block from DeMar DeRozan in this game. And the Vooch being Mr. Reliable as he has been all the season. 16 points, 15 rebounds, six assists, one steal, all from the big three in this game. Like, that was the production from them. And they stepped up and, and played the game and led the game like they should. We had the best talent on the court, and we should have look like that and we did in this game and that hasn't always been so for the Chicago Bulls in this season just the way that they came out and executed on both the offense and defensive side of the ball it, w- it was just great to see and then the role players stepping up P. Will only getting six shots in this game but chipping in 10 points as well six rebounds two assists two steals two blocks he was active and unfortunately though it seemed like Billy Donovan pulled him when he was kind of getting in rhythm and going and you know that's something that to, to monitor and look at with when it comes to Patrick Williams and his time while yes Again, not to take away from it, Patrick Williams does need to be more aggressive for the Chicago Bulls. I would also like to see Billy Donovan run a few more plays for him to get him. I would, I would like to see uh, Patrick Williams kind of force in an area where he takes 10 shots at least every single game. But, you know, that's a story for another day. This di- game, he stepped in, played very well as a role player in this game. And I would assume as well, chipping in 13 points, three rebounds, one assist from Io DeSumo in this game. All Bulls starters in double figures and all having a double-digit positive plus-minus um, as well in this game and this was just a game where the Bulls just they just seemed like a team that knew how they wanted to operate yes the Detroit Pistons went on runs uh, Bodon Bogdanovich missed a lot of shots in this game he went 9 of 19 25 points though but again an inefficient 25 points with that and that's really the storyline for almost everyone who scored a lot of points for the Detroit Pistons it was inefficient scoring Ivy did shoot 50% from the field. He got 16 points. Sadiq Bay went 6 of 17, took 17 shots to get six, to get 16 points. Um, Diallo, the best, uh, you know, production-wise, uh, 17 points. He went 7 of 8 shooting, really efficient night for him. And then Duran off the bench, had 11 points. He went 4 of 4 from the field. But other than that, it was a really inefficient night overall. The Detroit Pistons in this game shooting the ball 40% uh, overall from the field and 23% from three-point range. But this was a game in which the three-point shooting was ugly all the way around. 57 three-point shots taken between the two teams, and the teams only make 15 of those combined. It was a horrendous three-point shooting night. Um, two teams that don't shoot a lot of three-pointers, but the Bulls did shoot 50%, 54% overall from the field. So definitely good with that. We did get out-rebounded by one. Uh, we did force um, 11 turnovers with getting 11 steals from them. 
so, you know, overall, the Bulls played a, a, a very good game. And seeing them, you know, be consistent, no longer being those bipolar Bulls and just coming in and executing the way in which we did. We even got a Marco Simonovic, Dalen Terry, Carla Jones. The, the, the Windy City Bulls showed up in this game and got to close this game out playing a minute apiece, man, which is wild. Throwing Malcolm Hill in there as well. Derrick Jones Jr. having a big night for the Bulls off the bench with 12 points um, after he just got engaged over in Paris. And the Kobe White, 4 or 5 from the field, giving in 10 points. The difference with the, the, the with that the Bulls did in this game was just, like I said, the execution. It seemed like they had a game plan, a game plan that they trusted, and they executed well. When you look at how they moved the ball, there were so many passes in this game. They had 23 assists on 50 made Buckets, I would like to see that up more towards the 30 area. But again, that's just me nitpicking. The ball moved around very well in here. We shot the ball overall well as a team. And the Bulls just, you know, t- they take care of business. And I-, I know that's something, and you're going to get people that say, well, are we that excited about a win over the Detroit Pistons? And yeah, th- but why, right? You have to keep it in perspective. Yes, we won over the Detroit Pistons, but the Bulls have had problems with young teams that can be scrappy, that can get hot from the field. Um, you know, even the fact that Diallo got us got scored the way that he did, but you know, we didn't allow like the huge uh, three point shooting night that we usually allow. It's it's understandable to be excited. The Bulls winning two in a row to get a win in this type of game over in Paris overseas. Yes, these are the type of wins to get excited about. But again, in perspective, right? The Bulls are heading towards the easier part of their schedule, and they're playing some of the best basketball that they have. Which brings us to our next topic and point over the since the Minnesota game. The Bulls are not only top 10 in offense, but also top 10 in defense. On the season right now, we are tied for 18th with a net rating of minus um, 0.2. But over the course, since that that ugly uh, game in Minnesota, we have the 8th-ranked eight, offense in the entire NBA and ninth ranked defense in the entire NBA. And we have a net rating of, two, of positive 2 plus 9, which is 10th, would be good enough for 10th in the NBA. Again, this Bulls team still not still not the the championship Eastern Conference final level team at all, but the basketball that they're playing right now clearly shows that they can be a playoff team and they can hopefully avoid that plan. They just have to keep up this level of play. And even with that said, yes, that is since the Minnesota loss, in which we still have lost some games since then, right? It's not like we've just gone on this great winning streak since that Minnesota loss, but at, but at the end of the day, it's this like. The Bulls, that, that was all the way on December 18th. We are a month removed from that loss. So over the course of the last month, the Bulls have been a top 10 team in the NBA by the measurable statistics. That just points to what the ceiling of this team can be. They've just underperformed this season. And I know some people are going to say, well, is it fool's gold? Is it this? Is it that? Um, and, and basically, when you just look at it and kind of boil it down and, 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 and look at it in that scope, we, we can see, and keep in mind, over that time, over the, uh, since that Minnesota game, we've had games where we've missed Alice Caruso, haven't had Javante back, DeMar DeRozan has missed games, and the Bulls have been able to stay a top 10 team per those statistics in the NBA. So I know some fans have the mindset of, hey, we need to blow it up. It's time. You, you got to do that. And you, somebody even wrote a long comment on yesterday's video that, oh, it's time to blow it up, and this is why. It's not time to blow it up. This team still has a lot left in the tank, and I do think with if AK does decide to add something to the bench or can get a deal done, we can see a very different team over the back half of the season considering how the schedule is getting easier for the Bulls. But I do like the way they have been playing. And DeMar DeRozan had this to say, every single game is that much more important. And that's the challenge. We showed in the first half of the season that we can compete against the top teams in this league. Now it's about putting it together every single night, no matter who we're playing, because these games, we can't get back. As long as 
as long as we have the, that mindset and understand the importance of every single game, every single practice from here on out, we have a chance to put ourselves in a good position. And that's really what it boils down to for the Chicago Bulls. They have a chance to put themselves in a good position. Doesn't necessarily mean they're going to get to do it or capitalize on it, but the play that this team has been doing since that Minnesota game, that's the kind of the style and the play that we expected this team to come into the season with. So if we get that team on the back half of the season, really the sky's the limit for the Chicago Bulls team. You got to look at it that way. Like, I know this season has sucked. I've been down on the Bulls this season. A lot of people, a lot of Bulls content creators and fans in general have just been down on the season. We still sit at three games below 500. And it's going to be a test for this Bulls team. It's not going to be easy by any stretch of the imagination. Experience the thrill of March Madness. If you're still out on the hunt for a sports book to call home, bet the nonstop action of March Madness with my bookie. Enter the bracket contest for a chance to take home prizes up to $25,000 or pick from a huge selection of straight bets, props, and odds boosts. Whatever your style, my bookie makes it easy to play your way and get paid. Sign up now and take advantage of our generous welcome offer to score a massive first deposit bonus up to $1,000. All you have to do is claim the code Bull Central, but the fun doesn't stop there. Get up to the minute odds, free bets, and expert predictions to help you decide who to put your money on. The best part about my bookie, you can bet on anything, anytime, from anywhere. Use the promo code Bull Central to secure your limited time welcome bonus today. Um, but the Bulls have the talent to do so. They have the talent to compete, and it has to start with those big three, our, our big three players, our top three players playing like that. Over the course of the stretch of the, of, of the games that we've been top 10 in offense and defense, Zach Levine has come on in a major way for this team. Averaging almost 30 points per game in the, in the last 10 games. As a matter of, uh, yeah, he's averaging 28 points per game in the last 10 games for the Chicago Bulls on 46% overall shooting and 40% shooting from the three-point line. That's the Zach Levine we need to have locked in. Also chipping in five rebounds, four assists, right? Almost a block and almost a steal per game. That's the way we need Zach Levine to play. And no, it's not all him. We need the role players to step up and hit open shots. We can't continue to be the team that just goes on these huge scoring droughts over the course of games. So if this Bulls team, if, if, if they have woken up, and you know I've said it before, I said it on yesterday's episode, this trip overseas could be looked at as a bonding experiment for the Chicago Bulls as well. Maybe that helps them kind of reconnect, have some time together, have new experiences together, and we'll see how this team is locked in together going forward into the season. But it's not all done. It's not all doom and gloom as some people would have you believe for the Chicago Bulls team, it could still be. Let me be clear here. I'm not saying we're in the clear yet either. We need to see this team sustain a level of play. And I said it before. Need to see them do it over the course of a month, a few games. Over the last month, right, since, since the 18th of December to the 20th of January, we are a top 10 offense and defense. We just need to maintain that throughout the season. The Bulls are going to have to expound a lot of energy over the, the back half of the season and be locked in every single game. And that brings us to the next thing that I want to do is look at the upcoming slate the next week. The Bulls are off again until Monday, in which we face Atlanta on Monday. Then we face Indiana on Tuesday on a back-to-back. -back. Then we have games Thursday and Saturday against Charlotte and Orlando. So, we, we listen, it's week by week with the Chicago Bulls team. When you look at Atlanta, this is a team that we've played tough and tight dating back to last season. Um, this is that's not going to be an easy matchup, no matter how they're playing. Um, the Atlanta Hawks are the Indiana Pacers. Tyrese Halliburton is down. He doesn't project to be back anytime soon if he does come back this season. Um, and then the Charlotte Hornets, they're another team that's struggling this season. 
And the Clippers, you guys know how I feel about the Clippers, especially if you are tuned in over on NBA Central, because the Clippers, they can be a championship-level team if they can stay healthy. That's, again, not a team that you want to necessarily overlook. So that's kind of the next week for the Chicago Bulls, and the Bulls are going to have to win the weeks, right? That's what this team has to do going forward in the season. If they want to dig themselves out of this hole, get above 500, it's about winning the week. You don't have to win every game, but you have to win the week, meaning the Bulls have four games next week. If they can go 3-1 and one over the next week, right, they'll end that week being one game below 500. So it, it, it's things like that. You have to look at it that way and see what this team can go. If they go 2-2, two and two, fine. They still they didn't win the week. They didn't lose the week. They finished 500. We'll still be at the same place we are now, three games below 500, but just stringing together more wins, things like that. And don't be surprised, too. The way that the Tyrese Halliburton injury which we're going to talk about here in a second. It can affect the Eastern Conference and the trade deadline in a few different ways, but specifically for the Chicago Bulls, they have to come in and they have to win every single week going forward, right? Then you may have a, a, a week where you where you where you go one and two or or you know whatever one in, hopefully not one and three, but you, you you may have weeks like that. But the Bulls have to focus in on being locked in every single game. The margin for error is not big for the Chicago Bulls if they have any margin of error. They have to come in and execute for the rest of the season. We've seen the we've seen the potential in it. We've seen the glimpses of what this team can do. And as I said before, the glimpses are cool, but that that glimpse needs to become the vision for the Chicago Bulls. It needs to be how we see this team. And I think you know it's easy to be down, especially when the Bulls went on the three game losing streak. Um, and then we now won the last two in a row. But we we got to start stringing more things together. And really, since the Minnesota game, which again was a month ago, we've lost six games. We've lost six games, and we've won. Double that. I almost. So we've won six. We've won 10 games. We've gone 10 and six since the Minnesota game. That's a that's a solid record. And that's what the Bulls have to do over the course of the rest of the season for us to try to salvage this season. And, you know, still some of it goes on AK if he's going to do anything at the deadline. Um, that kind of brings us into our next topic. So we talked about the week ahead for the Chicago Bulls. I want to talk about this. So with we have nine games left until the until the trade deadline, which is on February 9th. Um, and Arturis Karnasova has not really, it doesn't seem like he's put out any fillers for real out there. He doesn't plan to move off the core of this team. Doesn't mean that he's not going to make it maybe a minor move, but it doesn't seem like anything significant is coming. But here's what I want to talk about for the Chicago Bulls and how the rest of the season and the trade deadline may be impacted by the Halliburton injury. If Tyrese Halliburton, there are some rumors that he may miss the rest of the season. If he ends up going down for the rest of the season, expect, expect the Indiana Pacers if they were trying to move Buddy Hill, Miles Turner, all those rumors are to be true. Expect them to pull the trigger on those deals here probably within the next week or so. Um, with the trade deadline less than a month away, it's 20, 20 or so days away, that's probably coming anyway. But that, that Indiana injury can really impact the Eastern Conference. When you look at the standings in the Eastern Conference right now, the Indiana Pacers are one, step, one spot ahead of the Bulls at that ninth spot right now. The Bulls very well can catch them, especially if they're going to be without uh, Ty Tyrese Halliburton. Last thing that I read, it said he won't even be evaluated again for two weeks. So we'll see what happens with that. But that stretch, you look at the Atlanta Hawks as well. Atlanta Hawks have won four in a row now. Uh, they're six and four in their last 10. Again, we faced them on Monday. They got a couple more games before then, I think, as well. How we, how we compete against these two teams, and I know those are their next two games for the Chicago Bulls. If we get wins against both those teams, those almost count as double victories in the in the in the standing so at that point we could be looking at the bulls being the eighth or seventh seed depending on what else happens by the end of next week but this team has to compete they have to take advantage of things like what's going on with indiana 
And if Indiana does decide to move off Buddy Hill, move off Miles Turner, could the Bulls be, be involved in any type of those talks? I don't necessarily think so. Um, I don't think they're going to want to give up the money or capital it's going to take to match those, those level deals. But if the Pacers do decide to move off of them, again, they're, they're going to be solidifying their tank. The Bulls could definitely take advantage of that as well. The Bulls have to lock in. Their destiny is in large part in their own hands. They have to keep up the level of play that they've been playing that has had them in the top 10 in offense and defense over the last month. Can they do it? They have the ability to. Will they is the biggest question for the Chicago Bulls. This team has to lock in. The coaching staff has to continue. Some of the things that I did like in this in, in the game is the coaching recently from Billy Donovan. His rotations, his lineups. Derrick Jones Jr., even though he's playing more, uh, playing that backup center role over Andre Drummond, who is a legit seven-footer, it's unlocked something in Derrick Jones Jr. That's what Billy Donovan and this coaching, has, coaching staff have to continue to do, is unlock things and skill sets in players, putting them in the proper position. No matter what happens, putting them in the position to succeed. And so we'll see if that continues for the Chicago Bulls team. I'm very hopeful uh, that it can be. Will there is the biggest question there, though? Let me know what you guys think on everything down below. That is it for today's episode of Chicago Bulls Central. Make sure you get in those mailbag as well, and we'll tell you guys how to do that because tomorrow weekend is mailbag episodes. Make sure you guys are following the show at Bulls Central Pod. You can send us any feedback, questions, comments, concerns, bullscentralpod at gmail.com. Lastly, if you want to leave a text and our voicemail for our mailbag episodes, the number to do so, 773-270-2799. But you can also get in those uh, mailbag questions. If you just type in mailbag ahead of your comment, I can pull those also for the mailbag episodes this weekend. So make sure you do that to stay in tune with us. But otherwise, that's it for today's episode of Chicago Bulls Central. Thank you for making Chicago Bulls Central the number one spot for everything Chicago Bulls related. It's because of you guys. And like I like to end everything on, go Bulls. Love you guys, man. See Red, y'all. And peace. This has been a presentation of the Break Break Media. Media.